Num Num Sauce is a southern style grilling and dipping sauce. We call it the taste of a hidden country secret and the moonshine of sauces. You know, it's one of those products that make southerners smile with friendly smiles of joy, but it's also healthy. We've been able to control or lower the sodium content, but still allow it to taste good. So what that does is that allows for the lycopene, which is the antioxidant coming from tomatoes. Tomatoes are superfoods, but they're not marketed as superfoods because of the high sodium content in the ketchup, the barbecue sauce, stuff like that. And so salt makes things taste good, but we figured out a way to lower the sodium by activating the flavor profiles, which allows the lycopene to come out more and be more on the forefront in terms of letting people know that it's an antioxidant that can lower your risk factors for heart disease. Heinz Original Ketchup has 160 milligrams of sodium per tablespoon, and the third ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce has 145 milligrams of sodium per tablespoon, eight grams of sugar, and the very first ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. To food scientist Michael Lloyd, CEO of Num Num Sauce, that's just not acceptable. Michael started with his grandfather's recipes from 40 years ago, then developed a process to get more vegetables and less sodium into his line of Num Num Sauces and still have them taste great. The company has been pretty successful, now in around 50 Whole Foods stores. But Michael knows that in order to compete with the big boys, or at least get their attention enough for them to want to buy his company, he'll need some capital. On episode four of the Startup Stage podcast, Michael is asking for $2.76 million to take that next step in his business. But will the investors believe in Michael's vision? Let's meet them. Hi, I'm Robbie Hardy. I'm founder and chair of Excel Ventures. Robbie is a champion of the women's entrepreneurship movement, and her venture fund focuses exclusively on debt deals to female founders. Hey, I'm Tim McLaughlin. I'm a partner at Co-Founders Capital. Co-Founders Capital has raised $43 million to invest in North Carolina companies. Hello, I'm Keith Daniel. I'm co-founder and general partner of Resilient Ventures. Resilient Ventures invests in early-stage African-American founders. Hi, I'm Grant Willard. I'm the founder of Jewelbug. Grant Willard is an angel investor whose first company, iCubed, sold to Adobe back in 2005. I'm your host, Sharon Delaney McLeod, and you're listening to the Startup Stage Podcast, where underrepresented entrepreneurs can share their dreams with angel investors, venture capitalists, and you. This is season one, and we're in the Triangle of North Carolina, a place where colleges and tech form a vibrant startup community. These episodes were recorded in late February, right before the world changed due to COVID-19. At the end of this season, we'll explore what's happened to these companies since the recordings and since the launch of this podcast. Did they get the investment they were looking for? Did other investors contact them after listening to this show? Has the worldwide pandemic affected their chances of getting funding? So as we begin today, Michael Lloyd has a product that could change the way we eat. But can this food scientist talk to the investors in a language they can understand? My name is Michael Lloyd. I am a nutritional biochemist and food scientist. I am also a former pharmaceutical scientist. I have created 
uh, some technologies that allows us to make condiments healthier. We took a fourth generation family recipe and we created these technologies that allow us to activate flavor profiles in homogenous in condiments that enable us to drop the sodium content down by 50 to 90% less than ketchup, mustard, and barbecue sauce. So what does that mean? That means that we can now utilize condiments to deliver nutrients through phytonutrient consumption, plant compound consumption, roots, vegetables. But the only problem with that is vegetables don't taste that great. So with our technology of activating the flavor profiles, we're able to bind the volatiles, can bind to a certain class of odor receptors that stimulates flavor and tells us, hey, this is what this is. Do we want this? I, I like this. Our technology is innovative, it's novel. No one's ever done it before in the country, in the world. And we want to utilize this technology to spread the num num love. <laughs> num 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 means good to you and good for you. We have the technology, we have the market. We've done a million in sales through Whole Foods, and now we want to scale. So we're trying to raise $2.76 million for inventory, marketing, and sales. I'm a little confused on what it what is patented right now or what is the patent pending. Sure. Is it the technology in your num num sauce or is it a technology in something else? We're going to patent the sauces as a composition of matter. Once we characterize our flavor profiles, we got to create a lexicon for that. And then we could put a patent out on it based on the properties of it. So we know how to do it. We got the team to do it at NC State as a contract for contract basis. And we just need the uh, budget. Well, I'm going to trust that all those words you just said are real words. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I believe you. You literally have a PhD in this stuff, so yes, I believe sir. it. One of the things that I, I always find is very difficult for any brand, you know, food and alcohol, food, food beverage brand, whatever it is, is differentiation in the marketplace and uh, defensibility from another brand with more marketing dollars. And you having some technology around it, I think, is great. And I love the idea of having your own brand and also the licensing revenue possibility. So yes, I think uh, you're on to something with that. Thanks, Dick. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what Tim was saying is that you used a lot of jargon and we were like, I don't think I totally understand it. So you might want to, you know, dumb it down for those of us who don't have a PhD, <laughs> but it, it, you do have some technology processes. Could you, would you be better set of producing sauces? Would you be better licensing that to all these competitors that you have and let, and kind of let the whole world have a healthier sauce and sure. healthier other foods and would there be more money in it and you know shorter time from here to there i don't know sure sure on this sh in the short term we definitely want to license to increase our capital position because we have other technologies behind these so we also can fortify condiments and use them as a nutrient delivery vehicle so because we lowered the sodium content we have several levels of innovation but yes we definitely want to get the products out distributed through these bigger channels, the more established channels, but we're going to have the functional foods and medical foods. That's what we want to focus. That's what I want to focus on because my goal is to help heal the people and give them an opportunity to, for their bodies to get what they need to improve itself on its own uh, as a preventative maintenance type strategy. And we're also going to funnel the educational process through our num num chefs, our num num juice, our different num num products, 
versatility in terms so of the, the idea technology. is to enrich the food so they taste good and are good for you so like sugar i guess this is the next frontier after yes ma'am yes ma'am we actually have a low sugar num num sauce we also got a vegan num num sauce that's fortified with vitamin d and b12 because vitamin d and b12 are, are nutrient deficiencies that vegans have a problem with because they don't eat meat tell us about your relationship with whole food and, and tell us about that journey of getting in there Sure. I have a 11-year relationship with Whole Foods. Started in 2008, got into six Whole Foods stores, local stores, and just working during the daytime to fund the business, making sauce at night, demoing on the weekend, all in my apartment. And after about a year of doing it, I realized I didn't know enough, so I got into, I approached NC State because I was a part of their bridge program. I got my master's from Central. They helped fund it, and I bridged to the PhD over NC State. I would just take classes, take classes, but do demos. So we've done over 1,300 demos since 2008. Uh, we rebranded in 2014. Took me two and a half years to develop that label, taking sensory science, food packaging, uh, food chemistry, and the whole time just doing demos. And so once we got our new packaging, we doubled in sales, and then we uh, expanded to a new production facility in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and we just got into the national uh, distributor, United Natural Foods. So Whole Foods pushed us over there to them. We said Amazon bought them. They're trying to go get all the best products in all of the stores. They're not trying to do local anymore. They're trying to make it harder for people to get in. They're trying to do stocking fees now, you know, but they got to know that you can produce. And so since they push us over, we have the sales in the South region to do that, but we need to increase production and marketing. Now the big companies, they're purchasing smaller brands to get in because consumers don't trust them. They're getting in on a sneaky way. Primal Kitchen was purchased by Heinz for $200 million, like two years ago. Uh, Annie's was purchased by General Mills for $800 million. And so that's how they're getting in. But none of them have our technology. They're using the same ingredients as everybody else, which is why our flavor profiles are so unique and we can control them. They want us to go national, but we just got to show them that we can handle production-wise. So how many stores are you in now? We're in 50... Two Whole food stores. We were in some fresh market stores, but they're trying to, they're infringing on our trademark. We got Num Num Sauce trademark. We got Num Num trademark in two different categories. They got a Nom Nom fresh market salsa, and they're trying to do a Nom Nom sauce eventually, I feel like. So they dropped this last year because they're trying to compete with us. That's owned by the fresh market? That brand? It's fresh market private label. That private, private label, label yeah. So that is a threat, private label trying to copy off of us. But what we're going to do, once we have our ingredients, we're going, our ingredients supply in the South, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, we're going to private label for them and, and get it on a contract basis to the conventional stores. See, Whole Foods doesn't do contracts, but uh, UNFI does. We got a contract with UNFI year by year. But we're going to, once we build up the brand recognition and demand, we're going to go after Walmart and uh, Kroger via contract so we can leverage the contract to get the product and the budget that we need. So that's our strategy for for that. Tell me your best case scenario for our investors. Best case scenario, 2.76 million. We, we can give you a debt equity position, 15%. We can give you your money back in 26 months. And we're trying to raise more capital and scale it. Our exit strategy is to raise, 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 raise and go public or sell. So let me just clarify here. So you're raising debt to 2.76 million. You want to raise his debt, debt or or, or, or equity. equity. Right. So you're mm -hmm. open to equity too. Yes. And the and the equity you said what percent? Twelve to fifteen percent. Twelve to fifteen percent. Okay. So you're almost like a pharma company, like a drug. 
No, no, I don't mean it. You know, I mean, because you've got these formulas and, you know, that... That is my background. Yeah, I know. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. So talk to me. So if you're going to, you could white label for a fresh market. So True. you could have nom nom nom. That's really num num. But because of your formularies, is True. that the right term to use? Well, we're going to call the private label Loso. Loso. Well, yeah, I don't care what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I just meant in general because it could be called something else. So tell us about, so you're the scientist. What about the rest of your team? Sure. So the rest of my team, I have a chief sales officer, and he used to work for Young Brands. I have a director of digital marketing. He worked corporate for about eight years, and he's been a producer for the past 10 years in the music industry. And so he has relationships with the music people. You know, the music people are like the Pied Pipers. <laughs> people follow them. So we have a, a avenue in with them for marketing. So he, he's going to head the, the digital marketing. I also have a young lady who is going to head my entrepreneurship intern training program uh, that started in 2013. I've worked with NC State, uh, North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T, East Carolina, uh, UNCG on aspects of the business. So I have relationships with them. And so she's going to head up the entrepreneurship intern program to have our ground team to to move product at these local farmers markets because people that shop at Whole Foods are the same people that shop at farmers markets. So we're going to catch them on the back end and put them on the sauce and flood all the Whole Foods stores. And then we'll catch everybody else in the middle once we got the brand recognition. So we want to be known as the healthiest sauce, healthiest condiment. Healthiest, yummiest. H- healthiest, yummiest or sauce. Numbiest. Numbiest, numbiest. that's numbiest. right. The numbiest. And, 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 and as you can see, we have a lot of wordplay opportunities for the, the marketing, the content. Let's take a break. Coming up, the investors get into the numbers and how Michael can justify an investment of $2.76 million. But first, let's talk about WeWork. While many are asking the question around what the workplace will look like in the coming months, WeWork is actively working toward a solution. The design and operations of WeWork spaces will completely reimagine the work environment, focusing on your health, safety, and peace of mind with new cleaning standards and operating procedures to keep spaces clean and your health the priority. This will be reimagined design standard to keep members at a safe distance from each other in common areas. Day-to-day operations of running your business have drastically changed but WeWork is dedicated to providing its members and the greater community with resources that support your business during this unprecedented time. Visit WeWork.com to learn about the company's response to COVID-19 and how they're helping businesses of all sizes navigate the future workplace. All right, back to Michael Lloyd and the Num Num Sauce. Okay. Michael, how much does this cost? Uh, that costs nine ninety nine at Whole Foods. It's ten ninety nine on our website. Once we do add shipping to it, it's about fifteen dollars a bottle. And what's your margin on that? We got about a seventy six percent margin wow. on that. On the small bottles, we got a seventy percent gross profit margin. The, the small bottles are five ninety nine at Whole Foods, and we're the top seller in the region. Uh, by the way, we've shown that we get repeat customers with the experience, giving the experience of tasting num num sauce. So with our sales budget, we have $300,000 in there for in-store demonstrations. So that produces 5,224 demonstrations and we sell between 30 and 40 bottles per three-hour demo. So that's about 170,000 in sales in in terms of bottles, which translates to about $700,000 in sales. So we have demos put into our budget, but, and we haven't even done any type of digital marketing, any type of other type of marketing yet. 
Michael, why you've been at this since two thousand eight, right? Okay, and so you're. I know you went back to school. You did the rebrand. Why is now the right time an investor should be giving you money to to take this thing big? Because I'm done with the PhD in May. And, oh, and, okay. Yeah, so timing is everything. So I, and you got some student yes. loans. Yeah. You got, <laughs> oh, what you talking about? Student loans. I got the knowledge though, uh, okay. so we can make it back. It's cool. So now was the time because I'm about to be done with school. It took me ten years to get the PhD. I got some more technology I developed while in school. I could have sold it for $25 million to a Blackstone group when they came to Durham. I did a presentation, but I turned it down because it wasn't time. I still was learning. And, and I just didn't want to cheapen it because I felt like if I would have sold it, we would have got some money, but the people wouldn't win because they would have screwed it up. They would have messed it up. So I felt like, you know, I'm still in school. I'm still learning. And it's worth way more than that anyway, because we can get 10% of ketchup market, barbecue sauce market, and mustard market with our products now, because the ketchup is $770 million, barbecue sauce $660 million, mustard's $450. So we can get 10% of each of those markets. That's over 25 mil. That's why the time is now, because we have our production capacity where we need to be. We have our team put together. We have me freed up now to do more CEO type of stuff until I can find a replacement. Uh, adequate replacement. But right now, the black community, the African-American community, the Native American community, it's time for us to uh, be out here in business and in innovation because I don't know any people look like me that are doing this or in the leadership position. And so it's now it's our time to uh, help heal the people through the food and educate them on what they should be eating. Go ahead and save the day, basically. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the big, I, just, I don't think people realize how much sodium and sugar is in all this crap. Yeah, no. me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, you know, and people are trying to be healthier. And so is there like a health campaign that you're doing to say, I mean, it has to taste good because most people think, oh, if it's healthy, it's going to taste like crap. Right. But, you know, that's obvious. I don't know. I assume it tastes yummy. Well, that's why the technology is so important, because we figured out a way to bind to a certain cluster of odor receptors. And we're actually going to map those odor receptors by partnering with Dr. Matt Tsunami in, at Duke University on identifying where our volatile are actually binding so we can dictate desirability and fortify with whatever nutrients that people need or people want so right but when you tell somebody this is healthy Mm -hmm. your friends are gonna go i don't want it yes ma'am that's the major challenge is to educate the consumer we found that the best way to do that is to let them taste it it. and and so we also have a food trailer model that we're actually going to launch that's another model that we have to give people an experience with the product and send them to our app that we're going to create with this investment dollars that's going to educate them on what's going on in, in terms of nutrition and health and also the biological responses to the lycopene, to the fucosanthin, which is an algae that increases your metabolism. And, and also we have we have anti-diabetes num-num sauces. We got anti-obesity num-num sauces. We got anti-Alzheimer's num-num sauces. So I studied neuroscience and drug abuse at North Carolina Central. I've just been basically stockpiling information and just learning and learning and learning and and trying to get to this point where we could produce it and time to market it out there. Michael, tell us about your vision for medical foods and more importantly, the opportunity to investor for what could be just a new category, medical foods. Yes, sir. So that category is actually big in California. Mm-hmm. And so, but here in the South, right. th- this is where we're more obese and we're all of that, you know, less healthy food. The vision for that is to get these functional foods and medical foods into the healthcare practitioner's hands. Fortunately, they're looking for this type of stuff, but no one has created it yet. I have pharmacist colleagues, they are looking for more antioxidants, 
to give to their patients to mitigate the impact of chemotherapy drugs. We're going to sell num-num shots with vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin A, fat-soluble nutrient delivery vehicle to them. And we're going to market to them at their conferences, at their at their shows or whatnot. We've literally, literally have first mover position in the consumer packaged goods industry based on the technology. Well, this is, uh, I consider, a bit of providence that you're here today because we just talked last week, I believe. Yes, sir. I'm really impressed with you, I must say, Michael. I switched to a plant-based diet back in December. So I'm on a journey right now trying to discover what tastes good. And I've been running mm. into some issues with that. But fortunately, uh, you were right. We need more entrepreneurs. I, I, like yourself, stepping out, taking the risk, and being resilient. That's why we started our fund. I'm excited about you and your product, and I want to learn more. We're pretty committed right now, but I want to say not yet. And there's something about your numbers that I want to probe more to, but that we can do that at another time. Sure. But we're excited for you. As as Resilient Ventures, you again, I've said this to most of every entrepreneur that's presented so far, but I particularly say this to you. This is why we created our fund because of entrepreneurs like yourself. So. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, compliments. So, Michael, I, there is a lot to like, and I think maybe just some feedback, the way that you articulate your message, right? We see a lot of folks that are trying to create a, a brand, right? And they're grandfather had a sauce and they had a sauce and they, you know, their friends and family liked it. So they tried to make it turn it into a business. Well, you're got to separate yourself from that group of people. What you have right now is you have a technology, you have distribution, you have somebody that was willing to acquire your company for a real number. And you have a vision of how to make this thing big. So that's how, if I was articulating the story, that I would very quickly differentiate yourself from, because a lot of folks get into Whole Foods, right? Sure. And, or have been able to, yeah. and then scale, but can't do anything else after that. And I think you have the ability to do that. We invest in B2B software companies through Co-Founders Capital. And I, I've been racking my head for the last 30 minutes trying to figure out how to define this as a B2B software company. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> But yeah. we, do, we do have investors in our fund that okay. have made money on products like this. Okay. I'd be happy to make those introductions. Okay. They could not only be money, sources of capital for you, but smart money. Sure. And, and tell you the tricks on how to grow a company like this. Thank so you. I'd be happy to make those intros. Yes, sir. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, you got it. Yes. I think what you've got, I think you have a lot. I think you know what you have, but I think you have a hard time articulating. And so I agree with Tim that sort of this is not your mom and pop deal at all. I mean, you really have a lot. That's why I sort of compared you to a farmer. I mean, you're sort of taking it up a whole nother level. Plus, you've got all these business relationships. And yeah, I think there's a lot to be said. And I think you want really smart money because you've got the other smarts that you don't need that sometimes investors provide. But Excel, we invest in women. So I'm not, I can't play, but I would love to help you in any way I can. I'm very impressed. Thank you. I appreciate it. Lysopene. I can't even spell it. Even look what I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> I know at we it. were all like, "What's he saying?" Um, you have created something that's phenomenal. Yeah. That's going to change the world in an area that needs changes. This is just phenomenal. I wish I could figure out a way to participate, but I'm kind of in the tech software side myself. Sure. So, but you go, guy. You go. I appreciate. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, thanks for all your feedback, and uh, thank y'all for taking the time to uh, listen to what I have to say. Uh, I look forward to working with you all, even if it's a, in a tangential way. We're going to go ahead and do what we need to do to improve the health of our uh, country. So Grant Willard told Michael his product is going to change the world, but didn't think he could help. 
and this product isn't a fit for Robbie and Tim's investment firms. So that leaves Keith, who's interested, but the millions that Michael is looking for is a lot to invest. We'll find out what happened to their discussion on a later episode. But before we go, let's catch up with Michael and assistant producer Cece Huffman. And so how do you think it went in there? I think it went okay. They seem to be engaged. They seem to be satisfied with my answers. And uh, it was pretty fun, actually, to to share. I don't get a chance to, like, tell all the stuff that we have going on because it's kind of secret and proprietary and stuff. So when I get a chance to open up in terms of for the work, you know, it's pretty, pretty, I guess, a release. Absolutely. <laughs> I can tell you were excited about it. That was making me excited about it, for sure. And so what were you surprised by? I was surprised by how fluid it was. I was pretty surprised by their interest also. Like, they were inquisitive about it. And, you know, sometimes when I break out the the vernacular that I'm accustomed to utilizing when I'm talking about the science part, people don't really get it a little bit. But they seemed to follow. They had questions, you know, and I was, you know, ready to answer them because of, you know, you got to kind of make it plain. But which is why I need to get this, these investment dollars so I can hire some sales people, some marketing people that can translate the science talk to the lay consumer, less scientific talk to be my voice. So what happens if you don't raise $2.76 million? Do you think you could do all of this with less or what will happen if you end up with us? It, it probably take a little longer. The reason why we're asking for that $2.76 million because we need inventory. In this game, you have to have inventory ready to go mm-hmm. to get placement on the shelves to fill the void in the market. If you can't fill the void in the market, someone's going to take your place. But either way, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Startup Stage podcast. We'll be back next week with another dream chaser looking for capital to take the next step in their business. For more information on the investors and entrepreneurs, visit StartupStagePodcast.com. Startup Stage is proudly produced by EarFluence with recordings and editing help from Joe Woolworth at Podcast Carry. Executive producer is Jason Gillikin. Editor is Molly Brock. Assistant producers are Jalen Hatton, Candace Kelly and Cece Huffman. Special thanks to the University Club in Durham for hosting the recordings. Thank you to our sponsors, Helios, Innovate Capital Law, Lenovo, Startup Hats, WeWork, Fancy This Photography, and the University Club. I'm Sharon Delaney McLeod, and we'll see you next week on the Startup Stage Podcast.